Hello and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in retail banking. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the Financial Brand. Advancements in digital banking technologies like mobile apps, chatbots, and digital wallets allow banks to provide always-on personalized engagement across an entire customer lifecycle. Done well, financial institutions can increase early engagement and activation at speed, reducing contact outreach and increasing revenues. Despite these advancements though, challenges remain. Regulatory constraints, data privacy concerns, and technical complexities pose hurdles in fully realizing the potential of personalized banking. As a result, many financial institutions are building third-party collaborations to drive early personalization success. We have Jason Davies, Vice President of Product, Solutions, and Customer Delivery at Flybits on the Banking Transform podcast. We explore the opportunities and challenges faced by card issuers and really all retail bankers as we strive to enhance the card member's journey through personalized engagement. Digital banking transformation must reimagine the banking experience, placing customers at the center and delivering convenience, personalization, security, and back office efficiency that will enrich the customer interactions along the entire customer journey. So Jason, welcome to the show. Could you introduce yourself and give our listeners a little quick look at your extensive financial background, but also describe how Flybits works in by, on behalf of financial institutions in the credit card area and beyond? Absolutely. So first of all, Jim, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Thrilled to be here. Uh, I have spent the majority of my career um, focused on product and process innovation across multiple industries. So any ranging from consulting to retail to CPG, um, but my real focus and, and, and what's won my heart is focusing really around payments and, and banking. And for the last 15 years, I've been fo- working and, and focusing to help banks achieve their digital transformation strategies. Um, you know, as part of that, I've worked with many of the Canadian banks. I've worked with a lot of banks globally, uh, specifically around payment innovation and how do they bring that to to their markets and to their cardholders. Prior to Flybits, uh, I worked at MasterCard in a variety of both domestic and global roles. I led uh, digital payments and labs for MasterCard in Canada. And during that role, I I launched uh, their tokenization platform, which is the underlying technology of all the digital wallets uh, globally. And so very exciting work. And that led me into uh, MarTech product development with MasterCard on a global uh, level. And then finally, I continue uh, to work and help banks, you know, achieve their digital transformation and personalization objectives now at Flybits. No, so what does Flybits do? Um, Well, we really have been built to help banks mobilize their data as a strategic asset to unleash the power of that data and deliver personalized, context-relevant experiences and engagements ultimately with the goal of deepening those customer relationships and building a higher level of, of trust with a bank's customers. And, you know, to do that, we've made it very easy uh, for banks to launch hyper-personalized experiences at scale with minimal data architecture changes without the need of co-locating data in, in, uh, in a data lake and also looking at the channel execution and making channel execution and getting those insights into action in front of your consumers as easy as possible. So Flybits has built really a a hyper-personalization solution that operates end-to-end, looking at how do I bring data into my system? How do I work with that data? How do I generate insights, action those insights, and deliver that into a channel of choice? You know, it's interesting because we we sometimes in the banking business think if we build it they will come and that's not number one that's not always the case number two engagement becomes so important certainly in the card industry as much as any because if the customer is just using it passively we're not getting the revenue potential that's there we're not understanding the customer and that you know it's not just about the revenue now you know with all the data and technology analytics capabilities and the need for personalized engagement that the customer wants 
It's the engagement level that's really going to drive the loyalty, going to drive other services to be able to be revolve around that product. So how has the evolution of the technology and data analytics area influenced the demand for personalized engagement with the credit card industry? And, mm. and more importantly, what new opportunities and challenges have emerged as a result? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Jim, for sure. And, you know, I think some of these changing expectations that, that consumers have um, from their from their financial institution are, are being driven outside of the realm of, of the financial industry. You know, those, those outstanding experiences that they receive from um, their streaming applications, you know, Netflix or Spotify, yeah. perhaps now starting to receive much more uh, personalized experiences from ride-sharing, you know, providers like Uber as well. These expectations are, are bleeding over into every interaction that that a that a consumer might have with any brand, and you know that puts banks squarely uh, in the center of meeting those expectations. And I think the technology is is starting to get there, but certainly to build a trusted relationship with your cardholders, your banking customers, you have to prove to them now that you understand their needs, and you're going to deliver content offers, products, advice that's relevant to them, that's meaningful to them, and, and sort of cuts through the noise and gives them a higher value experience for interacting with you and, and your bank brand. Um, and that has been very, very challenging um, you know, over the last few decades to keep up with that. But I think technology is evolving now um, that it's making it easier to deliver personalization uh, at, a, at a more refined level beyond the segment. You know, you, you brought up Uber and, and just had an experience with them. And it's amazing how much you can do with <clears throat> what I call basic information. Absolutely. So I, I got an Uber, was going to a hotel. They know the destination. They know where I am. I was in Amsterdam at the time. While I'm in the car, I'm getting prompts as to here's some restaurants that you might be interested in around the hotel that you're going to be yep. staying but in addition, we also can deliver food to your hotel based on what you've bought in the past and what you've eaten in the past, because they know that. Yep. They know where I am. They know what time of the night it is or day it was. They knew where I was going, where I was. They knew how I was going to pay for things. And the Uber experience overall, as you said, it became something that I, it didn't startle me, but the reality is I expected it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's amazing that the financial institutions have so much data, they hardly ever use where you are. Right. They hardly ever use what you just bought. And we just went through, you know, uh, Amazon Prime days mm -hmm. and, and the, the big sales and, and all the information that's collected. Can you share some real life examples of how some financial institutions have really developed some great personalized mm -hmm. engagement strategies? Yeah, absolutely. And and some of those examples you, you provided are, are great. And I would, you know, take that Uber example, uh, Jim, and say, wouldn't it be great if that actually came from your financial institution? Um, because they have the same information. They have the same information and they are they're they're a trusted financial partner, uh, you know, to to you and their customers in their life. And I would be feel it would feel very natural as a fit to you know when you're traveling or or you're in that neighborhood to get recommendations from your bank around what might be relevant to you maybe you would enjoy this restaurant based on you know customers who are like you who have visited the city and and seen that there's nothing really now stopping a, a bank from getting to that level of personalization and evolving from being your bank you know, somewhere where you have to have a relationship with just to get, you know, your daily life done. But they can become a much more powerful, trusted partner, right? If they're able to combine that data that they have, make, you know, make generally valuable insights and deliver value to you when it matters most. And that is a huge shift that I, I think we're seeing now. Now, 
it's not an easy one, and, and banks are sort of all over the place, uh, you know, on what they're doing and how they're trying to achieve this vision of personalization. But some of the some of the more advanced ones I've seen, um, we did some work with a bank in Mexico supporting a recent launch of a of a co-brand card with a hotelier, and they're using a combination of data both spend data, location data, to bring that together. So when you carry that co-brand card and I happen to be in my local city, I'm getting offers, recommendations of experiences to take advantage of the local hotels, even though I'm not traveling. You know, take a spa day, um, use the pool, visit our restaurants. And these are new types of experiences, I think, that we haven't seen before and are certainly really powerful um, for those cardholders, right? Where I'm not, I don't have to travel to get the value of this card I'm carrying. I can experience these things in my home city and it's it's a great, you know, afternoon or a day out. And that's one example of of something new that that we're starting to see. And you know, other banks we're starting to see personalization coming in a much more uh, refined way in terms of what product recommendations they're making. So, um, you know, for example, if if somebody is, we can detect somebody who is visiting numerous car dealerships, we can assume that they are now in the cycle of trying to buy a new car. And, and if anybody's tried to do that recently, we know how complex that can be and how patient you have to yeah. be. But why wouldn't at that point, why wouldn't your bank be along for the ride and to support you in the journey of buying that new car as soon as possible and say, hey, are you looking for a new car? Let us help you with your financing needs. We can probably save you more than if you went through the dealership or something like that. So those are the starting examples. And I think both of those highlight that the movement now is away from just doing segment-based um, personalization where, yeah. you know, yeah. you look like this person, so you should get that offer. No, what, what I'm talking about here is detecting context in real time, matching that with an offer, an experience, content that makes sense for that person at that moment in time and delivering it to them when they need it or when it might be the most receptive. And that's the full sale change that I think we're starting to see from, from technology in, in the industry in regards to personalization. Well, you, you, you the, my team knows I've used the example quite a bit when I bought my most recent car and gave all these prompts. I was doing, you know, as everybody does, some some visit to dealers, doing some test drives. Well, that gets put on your credit bureau as a as a as a hit, yeah. and you can use the credit bureau information to get that. I never got anything from my my financial institutions, but I got all kinds of offers and prompts from dealerships and from manufacturers. You brought up the issue of the hotelier. What's interesting is credit cards, the first thing you do when you go out of town, you're going to use a card, debit card Absolutely. or card. It's just invariable. People are not using cash most of the time on their first purchase. It's not going to be within 20 minutes of upon landing someplace. And that's assuming they didn't use the card mm. to buy the flight over in the first place, mm-hmm. which would have been even better. But let's say they did. As soon as I land, yes, I mentioned the thing about Uber, but you know I'm going to be using Uber. My finance institution knows it. They can offer me similar situations. You know, or another example is, let's say when I'm going into a town, you know, with open banking and APIs and all this, let's say they take uh, Airbnb experiences, which provides you all kinds of personalized experience in wherever you, you are in the country or in the world. And, and my financial institution links me up with those and says, while you're in this city, you may want to do this. These are really unique experiences. These tools are all there because they absolutely financial institutions can can use location. They can lose what you purchased in the past. Absolutely, but they're so they're so timid. So in that sense, the personalization of, of the engagement relies so heavily on data. Mm. How do banks navigate the the balance between leveraging customers' data to enhance the experience? And making sure the customer realizes that they're also taking some good thoughts into data privacy and security. Yeah, it, it, it's a great question, and I think something that that is being discussed more and more uh, at banks and and within the fintech community as well as it should. But for me, striking that balance, Jim, between you know how much data do we collect versus how much value can we deliver back to the consumer? And you have to, yep. 
you have to have a very good balance in that equation. In fact, it has to favor the consumer. And the way that I, I look at it and the way my team and, and all of Flybits looks at it is really from a privacy by design principle where we start everything from a view of how do we secure this data, but make it usable and make it powerful to deliver more value to the consumer. And I think you have to you know, look at it in terms of how do I balance this? And I, it starts at the use case. What is the use case going to deliver to this cardholder or this banking customer? And what is the data attributes that I have to use to be able to execute that use case? And then you can do a look at, does the use case and the value the cardholder is going to receive validate the use of those attributes? It, you know, does that work out? Does it advantage? And if it does, then I think it comes back down to privacy by design and, and what people have talked about. But it's critical as any bank moves into you know, deepening their capabilities and personalization, they also become much more transparent with their uh, cardholders and all of their customers about what data are they collecting, you know, how are they going to use that, and what can those cardholders expect to get back or their customers from the use of that data. And if everyone is clear and then it delivers increased value to your customers, these things start to disappear because there is a fair trade of, I give you my data, you treat it securely and responsibly, and in return for that, I'm getting better offers, I'm getting better product recommendations, you're removing friction from me completing these financial tasks. And at the end of the day, like that's what you look for in any relationship. There's value exchange. Everyone's better off for being in this relationship. And and that keeping that mindset, I think, is at the core of this question, right? Like what data, when, from who, what are we going to do with it? And being transparent with your cardholders and customers, this is what we're going to do with it. And this is what you're going to get. That's so key because, again, you mentioned value transfer. I, I I keep on going back to the example of Amazon. You know, why do we pay $130 a year for something that if you weren't a prime customer, nine-tenths of that you're going to get anyway? Right. It's because you trust them and you really like the experience. You're going to pay for the value transfer you get. And, again, if you're just collecting data for the sake of collecting data, whenever anything goes wrong, you're not going to get any leeway. No. You're not going to get any no. flexibility on that. On the other hand, if when I, you know, with Uber, it's going to take a lot for me to change providers of, of shared yep. transit or shared communication well, you, or you, transportation. Jim, are, you, are you ever going to ride in a taxi cab again? Not if there I can you help go. it. You know, and, 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 and the problem is the few times I've had to ride in a taxi, I end up leaving the taxi without paying, going, oh, crap, yeah. I, I remember. I'm so t- I, have to, I have to pay for this. Um, you know, but worse than that, if it, the, the deeper the relationship gets, the more likely is you're going to give them flexibility, but more likely you're going to say, the more you, I'm going to let get be less concerned about you knowing too much about me. Right. You've done something with it. You know, right. I always use the example of, 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 uh, Disney, mm-hmm. where you go on to the United uh, Magic Kingdom and, and they have the, the wristbands with the personalization. And for, for a while there, they use those personalization wristbands to build communication with the kids. So a speaking character would come up to the kid, use the kid's name, and introduce, and, and all of a sudden the prayer would go, what just happened? Mm-hmm. This is not good. Why do they know the name? And then all of a sudden they see the kids react and they go, Oh, I love this. You know, I love the personalization. Those are the dynamics, yep. you know, and, and it's again, if you get the value in return, you know, and Disney is a great example, again, because they know as a family where you're going to probably go first, what you're going to want to do, what, how you're going to want to save time. They know everything they about do. you based on just the construction of your family. So this all takes a lot of intelligence beyond just that. Yep. What role does artificial intelligence and machine learning play in enabling this highly effective personalized engagement. I'm going to keep on going to the word engagement because it's more than just personalization it, it and is. experiences. How yeah, does Flybits yeah. use 
these technologies to deliver more tailored yeah. solutions? It, 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 it's a, it, again, it's a great question, Jim. And, and I think, you know, it, it's certainly a, a hot topic of conversation right now. Like, what is the application of AI and, and ML, um, not only in, in this industry, but but everywhere else, you know, and, and will the horrible predictions that AI will take over come true? Or, you know, will it just be a, an assistance and a tool? But I, I think, you know, in terms of the way AI is going to happen, you're going to see it play an increasingly important role in a couple of areas, particularly uh, in the data analytics and the generation of new insights, right? There's just so much more data now uh, to comb through. And, you know, frankly, the machine is just better at that and uncovering these valuable insights. Um, the second area I think is going to be related to content customization. So once, you know, you are personalized as somebody who might be targeted or eligible for some sort of experience, the way the content is delivered to you might also be customized, right? Imagery might be customized to uh, look a little more like you and what you're experiencing in your lifestyle. The tone of the copy might be slightly different. And then I think the final area, which is which is going to be huge, is in process optimization within marketing within financial institutions right you know i think jim you you, you know you have a history in, in marketing and you knew the frustration of you've identified a market opportunity you know it's there you can calculate what you think the revenue opportunity might be and then you start going down to build your campaign to capture that opportunity and and the processes get in your way and by the time you've got it out in the market it's six months later and everyone's moved on if you're lucky, if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, and and right. I think the the speed at which the world is changing um, just denotes that you're going to need more agility in your marketing processes powered by AI, right? And you look, just look in the recent history of how many things have changed and had a material impact on consumers' needs, right? We had the pandemic, we've got instability in Europe, we've got massive weather events happening almost daily. And it's not, you, you can't react to those six months from now. So I think it's having and utilizing artificial intelligence and leveraging these technologies to be able to react and deliver meaningful experiences and recommendation content to customers when they need it most and about that. And AI is at the central of that. So how we're starting this journey for us at Flybits is we're actually solving a very old problem for marketers where it's reach versus impact in their campaigns or their experiences. And we have built a product that we call smart targeting that actually allows marketers to model out those exchanges. So if I want to see a 20% engagement rate, which is something you know we, we typically achieve when, when using Flybits with an audience, um, you can start to model, well, if I wanted 20% engagement, I should reach out to these 10,000 people. But if I'm willing to take a 15% engagement rate, I could reach out to 100,000 people and broaden the scope and you know manage my promotional budgets more effectively. So that's what we're using machine learning for to help make those recommendations to marketers today about how to optimize the reach versus engagement calculations in their um, promotional experiences that they put onto Flybits. How we do that, we do it by using like campaigns previously and their performance and then the machine can make optimization recommendations to the marketer but the interesting thing is it actually shows and lists the attributes that were changed that have the largest impact on the reach versus engagement and it's an interesting experiment because all good marketers right we all have hunches and we have hypothesis about who we should target and how this is a very powerful tool to uh, to sort of remove perhaps some of those biases and, and show actually it's not location or maybe it's not age. It's how much that they actually have on a monthly um, basis in their savings account that drives the most engagement. So it's, it's a way to monitor, uncover these insights, and then reapply those to become much more effective in personalizing and communicating with your cardholders or customers. What's interesting is, you know, as I mentioned before we got on the air, 
your, your company was one of my first guests ever. Mm. Um, I think you might have been the fifth podcast, but of people that we reached out and said, we'd like to interview you as opposed to some interviews we did prior to actually going live with the podcast where we did it at the Financial Brand Forum. Mm. One of the reasons why I wanted to do the interview was you were not just a data company. You were not just a marketing company. No. But you were a specialized firm that brought these two together. So you you came to the, the marketplace. You have a, a broad experience with financial institutions. So you can always track me versus others like me, as well as me against myself. You come to speed to market very quickly with ideas. You, you, you take the data and insights that are out there, and you know the marketing side. So it's not just doing analytics and saying, okay, you got to go the final mile. You help the organizations you partner with with that final mile. Which, Correct. you know, on the the people that listen to the podcast, there is nobody. I can I can already know the numbers. There is nobody that is sitting there without the primary problem they're having right now. Not enough time mm. to find a partner that can actually take the ball and run it down the field. My my ongoing analogy with this, and do it in a way that looks at the way to market the consumer to do what you need to accomplish in the most compact and ROI you yep. know, driven way. Yep. But with this sensibility that says, you know, at the end of the day, the customer's got to be treated right. They've got to have the trust in the, the organization. You, you have to bring the trust to the financial institution. When we're talking about trust, mm. it's now more critical than ever. We've had a lot of disruption in the financial services industry as of late. And so, People are, are have their ear out to say, can I trust my financial institution? Yep. And since it's so important, it is my belief, and I, I'd like to know your perspective on this, that if I do really well with customized engagement, the consumer trusts me more because you're showing an empathy to what my life's like. So you yes. talk about personalization across the life cycle. The more you show that you know me, understand me and are going to reward me, the more trust I'm going to have in you. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to say, you know what? You're looking out for me. How do you accomplish this at Flybits? Yeah, it's, it's a very, very difficult uh, task to accomplish as a, as a bank. And we took a look at Flybits and said, well, what are the limiting factors to stopping a bank from actually achieving this? Because from the outside in, it looks like they have everything that they would need to be able to deliver the, these great experiences, these great personalized experiences. But I, I think, you know, what, what a bank deals with is a matter of legacy and, and technology. And ultimately, they have to, you know, design a system and, and have operations that look at how do we secure everything for our customers as well. And that's what they should be doing. That's table stakes. And that's why I think, uh, particularly here in Canada, there's still a lot of trust in, in banks that they will secure my data, they will secure my money, and they will always be a stable institution that I can trust on financial matters. What Flybits has done um, is to look at each piece of the personalization puzzle and solve for that for a bank. So the first thing and we've talked a lot about this so far jim but it's it, it's the most important one is data what data do i bring to these ex personalized experiences and unfortunately for for a bank as they've grown up um often they've created these data silos that are very rich in data but they can't talk to one another and yeah you know there's there's nothing that's going to give a bank cto sleepless nights when somebody says you know I think we really need to create a data lake um, to put all of these things together, you know, yeah. and, and I'm sure there's some of your listeners who are leaning back in their chair now going, oh, not the data lake. But um, we, we've solved for that. And the way that we do that is we're able to reach into these individual um, data repositories and pull out the necessary attributes without requiring the bank to change any of their data architecture, or any of their data schema. We're able to move that data to our platform with minimal intervention uh, on that. The second puzzle is, well, now that the data is there, is it usable? Can I 
use it? Can I create a segment out of it? Can I get an insight out of it? And that's where um, our design platform comes in, which we call Experience Studio. So that raw data is then transformed and made usable to a marketer. Um, so instead of having to go to your data analytics team and say, can you create an audience for me? And they come back three months later and you say, well, that's almost the audience I wanted. Can you do a few more things? Six months later. What we allow for is that marketer through no code interfaces, drag and drop menus to start selecting and combining data attributes to create segments. So they can create segments on the fly. An example is, I want to target all of my gold card holders who have points balances above 10,000 points who haven't redeemed in the last six months and have traveled in the last year. I just created that segment. We, you know, we can do that if the data is available on the platform. You can do that as fast as I can talk. Then uh, you can, in that same experience design platform, start to delve into building an engagement role or a context role. When should I serve this content to this segment that I've defined? And there you could use historical attributes like spend data, but you can also combine it with real-time data attributes such as location, battery level from your device, um, you know, your last most recent transaction in the last minute can all be used as contextual signals to denote Jim is in a context where he needs to receive this information. And then the final piece is being able to design content, match that content to the context and deliver it in a timely manner in the channel. And we do that through a set of SDKs that we call concierge that allows a bank to implement this personalized dynamic feed of content into whatever channel they choose. And it's always there, it's always refreshed, and it starts to become a way for their customers to have a reason to come back and interact with the brand. They get offers, they get recommendations, they get you know um, informational updates. All of this goes to building, and it's a very flexible platform, and it's built for experimentation. Um, in, in campaigns. So having these three capabilities in one platform really solves all of these sort of data silo needs and you know dependencies on other capabilities like analytics. It combines it all into an end-to-end -end platform that allows you to bring data in, expose that data in a usable format for your marketing, your channels teams, create content or import content, put all of that together into an experience, turn it on, and then that experience is there and it's listening for those right contextual signals. And as soon as you need it, it's delivered onto your or into your channel. That is a powerful, scalable personalization yeah. platform. And that's what we've built. And what's interesting is let's say I'm a company that a finance institution that says, you know, one of the big drawbacks when a when a financial institution wants to do something like this they go but i gotta wait for my dad to be okay yeah. I, my dad is all over the place it's not this not that the reality is that's what you do for them Correct. you don't change their platform nope. but you can take the data in whatever format they want they have and even i'm going to say as dirty as it can be and, and the reality is you help clean that up but the reality is then you can take it to market correct you can do this very efficiently and very quickly because you're putting it into a system that's already been tested. Yep. In addition, I say, geez, you know what? I don't have any budget right now. I can only do a small program. From my understanding, what you just said, you can customize the scale of whatever I want to do based on my needs, but also based on your experiences with other finance institutions. So if I say, I have a very dormant portfolio right now, how do I make it better? Yep. You have the experience to say, here's the data I need. Here's how I'm going to use it. Here's what I'm going to put out. And the biggest part of this from, again, my understanding of what you said, is you can then get them the final mile. You can tell them how to do it and make it be actionable. Absolutely. This is so important in today's marketplace because people are saying, how can I get a quick ROI to get a use case to then build a bigger relationship over time? No, absolutely, Jim. From that conversation... Is there, if I'm a smaller organization, can you help me or do you only work with big firms? No, I, I think Flybits is a perfect sort of fit for those regional 
uh, players, uh, the credit unions, um, who are who are looking to to compete in this space, and it makes so much sense that that these smaller regional banks, a credit union, would be masterful in this because their whole brand has grown up around being a more personable, um, you know, source of interaction, being more of an advisor, a trusted partner in in your financial sort of life. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, you know, my my father banked at a credit union and walking into the branch and the tellers not only knew him by first name, they knew me and my sister by our first names as well. And, you know, it's that kind of of knowledge, which was really impressive. And you didn't you just don't get that at, at big banks and times have changed. But I think Flybits can help bring back that level of personalization to a credit union without you know, having them invest the the millions of dollars to re-architect their data system, have to bring in new partners. All of that complexity, I think, has been what's, you know, made up the roadblocks of allowing these smaller institutions to to embark on this personalized, hyper-personalization journey. And, you know, as you said, Flybits, we're we're looking and focusing on solving that for them where they can take this platform that we've built this end-to-end you know sort of data and design platform and then channel capability as well and very quickly build a very impressive personalization program um, for their customers for their card holders whatever it might be i i mean you know looking at what it takes we can complete an integration uh, to a bank in as little as three months, more likely it's wow. four to six. Wow! Yeah, um, yep. and it's not disrupting, as I said, their data environments. It's really down to us working with them to understand what data they have, bring that in, working with them to understand what is the personalization strategy and experiences they wanted to deploy, and teaching them and helping them to design, deploy, and optimize those on the platform. And they're ready, and they can have a capability that would rival the pers- any personalization uh, program that's been built by the major global banks. You know, whether that's Citi yep. or yep. B of A or whoever it is, they they're now in that game. Well, it's, you know, it's important too because you. It, it, one thing I remember from two and a half, three years back, right now, is that you don't sell a a a product that's here's what I have. You either buy it or don't buy it. Mm. You're customizing it in each single case based on what the the financial institution's needs are, which is very important today because if I have to buy something big and I'm either in or out, most of the time I'm going to be out. I just, Mm. I don't have the budget. I don't have the time. I know I'm going to get in the way. You know, in, in building these customized solutions that are scalable and very quick, you mentioned about the time involved. When you work with finance institutions and, and the finance institutions all gumbo, they go, let's go, let's do it. I have this problem. You know what it is. What gets in the way of being able to implement it the way both the finance institution and Flybits envisions it? What What is the most likely scenario that creates challenges? It, it comes down to, I, I think, a few things. One... Um, that often the banks have not set a formalized goal or strategy for personalization. I, I think in, in some cases they it's, want personalization. That's what they want. That's what they want. To do what? Yeah, to personalization to do what? And I think sometimes that takes a while for, for us to to sort of work through with them and come to those initial starting points. And We've realized this, and, and one of the solves that we did, we actually cr- we've created specialized experience modules that a bank can take and as a starting point, and they oh, just wow. customize yeah, them. Nice. Our, fir- yeah. our first one, we, we have built it for the cards industry, and it is a fully personalized lifecycle management capability. So taking a, you know a card holder from acquisition all the way through to retention, we have built, templated personalized experiences so we can go in and we can say if you want to improve your overall cardholder life cycle with personalization here's how you would do it to start 
Here's the data sets that we will require attributes. We'll figure out with you how to get those. We know you have them. If you don't have them, we can show you ways to get them from your network partner or your processing partner. Yeah. Here's the things that your marketing department should be considering. And here's what, you know, the light lift that your channels team will have to do in mobile development to get this into the channel or your web channel. This has been a wholesale departure because now when we show up and we say, yes, absolutely, Flybets, we need a personalization capability and we need to launch it now. We're behind. Who are you behind? I don't know, but we're behind. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not doing well. Yeah, I just, yeah, exactly. I, I, I feel uncomfortable I'm behind here. Let's catch up. But it, it, it provides them a focal point where you can say, let's start with cards. Let's improve that card lifecycle. Let's prove the value of personalization to you. And then we can start thinking about this platform. It's not just about cards. We can now say, let's put it over into your, into your retail banking operations for loan origination. Let's you know, look at wealth management. That's how really the plot for the power of the platform is that we come in, we have a recommended and, and, and structured approach to get them started, to make it easy for them, and then they grow with the platform. And we continue to work with them to say that per, you know, these experiences are performing really well. How about recommending a few others? And I think it's it's been that focus that's really helped us now. I think everyone, you know, is they're eager for personalization the trouble is where do i start and i think by giving them a starting point that's great it's it's just the recipe for success well and it's funny you're not unusual in, in the field in the solution provider area that the solution you're you've customized but in a in a compartmentalized way is obviously one that you know is going to generate a great deal of success it's yes. going to generate revenue you're not you're not going to pick the hard to implement personalization plans as your your package. So if an organization wants to say, I need to show the power of personalization, and you've got it already ready. In fact, you've implemented multiple financial institutions yep. in one way or another to the point where you're going to be able to tell XYZ company, by the way, you're not implementing at, at the level that we've seen in the past. Oh, and by the way, we found out why. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a piece of data they weren't able to share. Maybe it's external data mm -hmm. that you've enhanced in the other cases, and they didn't buy into that concept. But overall, your your potential for success is so high mm -hmm. because you wouldn't have customized this otherwise. Correct. It makes it so the it's a win-win immediate. In fact, it's a win-win-win. It's a consumer win. Absolutely. They're getting they're getting communication. They're getting engagement tools. They're they're getting the attention that we often forget once we've opened an account. You know, that that dead silence once you've opened the account, you go, geez, you know, I I, I kind of thought they'd want to talk to me a little bit more than this. Yeah. And the longer you take from the time of opening a relationship to the time of using the relationship, it becomes less and less likely that you're going to become the primary relationship. Oh, ab absolutely. You're you're touching on some important points that we we wanted to solve with with our with our cards module, right? Where we look at that life cycle and we say, "You're absolutely right, Jim. That you know, the, one of the key measures should be time to activation." Now that's changing, right? As some banks are are delivering digital um, digital sort of uh, cards into wallets right away and you know the plastic arrives 10 days later but regardless of that there's still that struggle right where once you get that card that seemed like a good idea at the time and now it's in your wallet a couple of weeks later and you're not using it that's starting to, it's out of your wallet. that's yeah it's starting to generate a loss for that bank that's issued that card for you yeah. right so being able to yeah. engage early, um, putting them on a structured early month on books program to build a healthy spending profile to ensure that that card goes into the wallet. That's the bank's goal there. But at the same time, you can do it by also reminding the cardholder constantly of the value of that card. Why did they want that card in the first place? And if you want to maximize the value of that card, here's how you do it and start giving them that healthy, structured spending profile that you're looking for as the, as the product owner at the bank. Then you're, you're right. I think then ongoing, because the Flybits platform is always listening for those contextual signals that are relevant, to your point, like I, you know, I worked in, I worked in 
the the industry. I design card value props for several banks. I designed one personally myself for for an airline co-brand. And a year after, do you think I could remember if there was collision damage waiver insurance when I walked up to a car rental counter in an airport? No, I had to look it up. And being reminded of that as I walked up to the counter on my device saying, hey, Jason, don't forget, you've got collision damage waiver insurance. You don't have to buy. It's like, oh, my goodness. You're right. Thank you, bank, for saving me a couple of a couple of dollars and, and you know, allowing me to benefit from having this card. And there's yeah. myriad examples of that, like warranty extender coverage. You know, you buy a TV, but you put it on that card and you double the manufacturer. These are all elements of value that have to be yeah. communicated on, on a relevant basis before you even get to the points. American Express does this very well. Where they, they do. They keep on reminding you. They remind me every month that, oh, by the way, remember, you get $15 off on Uber the first time you use it in a month. These type of elements... But what that does, it makes us tell you go, oh, I got to use that card instead of the other. That's right. You know, it's that it's that little decision point. And the beauty of the digital world right now that all this data is floating around, we've got to just focus it. And, and you know, the fact that Flybits has built a very specific solution around the card life cycle is interesting because there's so much there. There is. And it also would, as a, if I'm a marketer, a financial institution, that engagement, that, that experience will educate me into thinking about how I can do this in other areas of the financial institution. But there's so much to uncover there, and it's such a profitability enhancer as you go ahead. So, you know, Jason, we're, <clears throat> we're coming to the end of our, uh, our podcast here, but as you look ahead, what trends do you anticipate in the realm of personalized engagement for the card member's life cycle? Well, how does Flybits preparing to stand the forefront of all that's going on? Yeah, the lifecycle marketing and, and designing experiences to, to meet that, that that's stage one. Uh, and it's only going to continue to advance from there, uh, Jim. And I think the technology that, that Flybits is putting into market starts to open up a whole new level uh, of marketing. And you, you have to start to look at it where Flybits creates the opportunity for a marketer to engage in, in what I would term non-linear consumer journeys, right? A journey today is designed on a whiteboard and it says, okay, now Jason's going to do this and then he's going to do that. And then we want him to take, you know, the next action. Where in reality, people drop in to a journey, maybe it's stage three and, and not, and they've missed stage one and, right. and the journey gets irrelevant. What Flybits does, and I think this is going to be the future of where you're going, is it allows for these nonlinear journeys. So you design the experiences and the touch points at each point. But because I have the ability now with Flybits to listen for contextual signals, I know where to put this person into that journey at any point in time. And because the it's so flexible, I can move them back and forth through the journey, presenting them content. And that, I think, becomes a much more valuable and realistic scenario to communicate with these cardholders, right? Where, um, who knows? Like, based on age, you know, maybe I'm constantly bombarded with retirement planning and messaging, right? And although, you know, you should, probably should. I'm not. Maybe I'm not as focused on that as I should be. Meanwhile, like this highly responsible 21 year old who's just graduating from university has already started saving for their retirement, but they're getting none of that messaging just based on the segment they're in. You have to deliver the content and the engagement based on the context of the user, and that's what we're focusing. And I think that is going to be the wholesale change where we're seeing this. You know, mapping and targeting on the segment level is just not going to be enough to move the needle. You have to now be able to go down levels to get to hyper personalization with ultimately the goal of being one to one, always listening and always ready to insert this consumer into the right journey at the right moment in time. So that is going to be a, a, a huge change, I think. And technology is moving there. And it's going to be a big change for a lot of classic marketers, right? Who are, I create a calendar at the end of the year and the customer gets, you know, back to school stuff at this time of year and they get retirement savings at this time of year and they get travel here. 
moving to an always-on calendar where people might be all over the place at any point in time. But that's a much more interesting space. We're already seeing that, yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting because ChatGPT, as you look at the potential there, that the creation of content based on individual situations. Yep. The utilization, you know, we we're all we're right now at a stage of saying data here, response here. Uh, eventually, we're going to get to the point of saying I want to ask certain customers questions. Yes. That will build things even more prompted. So you know, yeah. hey Jim, you're you're this old. What? How is your life different today than it was five years ago? Or you, you seem to have a lot of these transactions. It feels like you're still in the the cash stage of life right, as opposed right. to the the setting money aside or whatever it may be. Yep. Those things you don't know. And I, I use the example of when the governments were providing uh, COVID relief in the form of checks. We could not identify the difference between the consumer that was taking a waiver on their mortgage payment because they couldn't eat mm -hmm. versus those that said they want to use the money for putting away in savings because mm -hmm. they didn't have a savings account. Those are very big differences, but not always driven by data. Sometimes you have to ask questions. We're going to get better at the asking the questions yes. and the delivering of content beyond, oh, buy this, the yes. next sale. So, Jason, I, you know, so great to have you on the show. We have to do this again because as much as we covered there's probably even more that we need to cover. I definitely is, Jim. I mean, I think we're doing work right now in that generative AI space that you'll find fascinating. Yeah. Um, and and we're, we're taking a different approach where we're applying generative AI to the marketer, helping the marketer design better yeah. campaigns. Uh, and I, I think that's what, that's what I like the most about Flybits is you became a marketer's partner as opposed to a data shop yep. or as opposed to selling a, a solution that's a package solution. And yes, you have a package solution, but it's more of a very com composable Correct. solution that's very manageable as opposed to saying, here's what we sell. Thank you very much. This is what you got to buy. Yep. Um, Jay, appreciate it so much, Jason. We are going to get together again and uh, great to talk. Great to talking you. to you, Jim. Appreciate the time. Look forward to joining you again sometime soon. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. We really appreciate the support we've received in making this endeavor a success. If you enjoy what we're doing, please take some time to show some love in the form of a review. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our senior producer, Leah Hassett, Audio engineer, Chris Fafalias, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Remember, personalization is not a one-time goal. The customer expects you to know them, understand them, and reward them across their entire customer journey. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.